Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. And I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. This week, we kick things off with a little shorter episode. Sean and I have been kind of traveling for the last few weeks. And so we do a quick recap on what happened. I talk a little bit about work and we discuss ways on how to measure your life. And I talk a little bit about my family and travels and also some work as well, how to get back into work. Yep. Enjoy this short one and we'll see you guys after. What's going on? Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Is that saying, is that a California thing saying it's been a minute? I have no idea. I actually think it's, I picked it up only in California. I have no idea. Can't remember when I picked it up. I know I picked up dude when I moved to California, dude. (laughs) I've been saying dude for forever. But not, for me, it's not to this extent. So that's been my biggest struggle for the past 10 years. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Saying dude. Yeah, I catch myself saying dude a lot to like mink. Be like, dude. She's like, I'm not a dude. Stop duding me. Yeah, but dude is, do I call girls dude? I don't think you call them dude, but you use it in a way that is. To get people's attention. Yeah. And it is, it, it is, it means dude, <laughs> like a guy. So I, I get it. I get it how we use it. It's not, it's, it's like get someone's attention, but its meaning is still. Again, as a guy, obviously, we don't think second about it. What if someone was like, yo, chick, you know, that was a saying and everybody's like, chick, you'd be like, dude, I'm not a chick. <laughs> What's the dude equivalent for a female? I don't know, babe. What do girls say to each other? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Anyway, welcome back, listeners. James and I have been out of pocket for three weeks now. You were in Vegas the first weekend. I was in Banff the second weekend, and I was in Chicago the third weekend. It's been almost a month since we recorded. And it has felt that way, actually. I think every week, just without having this podcast recording to kind of recap or have some takeaways from the week, it kind of feels like I'm just going through the motions. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it depends with everything. But for me, it's more like I haven't had time to at least sit down to think about like, what were the challenges of that week, right? And how did I overcome those challenges and whatnots? And and where were some of the wins? And without that, it's, I think for me, at least the blur just feels like I've been living this month a little unintentionally. So in that respect, it's not great, but it is what it is. How have you been? Been good. It's end of quarter. Yeah. Beginning of new quarter. Okay. I think for me, my, my weeks, it's just been the same. Any progress or updates on the um, new things that you want to try or? No. Like the running or basketball or? Oh, I tore my something in my shoulder. What? Did I tell you this? I, I've been having shoulder pain for a while since October of last year. Okay. And I've been resting it, not really doing much exercising, nothing upper body. Yeah. And then about maybe two months ago, it started to hurt again. And so I got an MRI, which by the way, it took me forever to go see a doctor. I had to schedule, it took me six weeks to go see a doctor. That was his earliest opening. 
Wow. But yeah, I got an MRI. He diagnosed me and said, I have a torn labrum. I think that's what it is. It's very slight, but he's like, recovery with physical therapy is anywhere from a month to a year. Wow. Okay. So yeah, there's that. Anything you can take? Like any supplements for like, I don't know, muscle, tendon healing? He just said physical therapy. Mm, as they would. Yeah. Go get some turmeric. <laughs> I fucking love turmeric. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I wouldn't recommend surgery, but let's just do physical therapy and go from there. So that kind of sucks. I definitely think it's a an old man injury. He said that it's quite common. He's like, yeah, we're we're about the same age and I've had these injuries too. Yeah. And like, from what? He's like, dude, I don't know. And for me, I think it was because I turned a steering wheel too quickly. <laughs> mm, wow. Okay. So labrum can tear a few ways completely off the bone within or along the edge of the labrum, 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 or where the bicep tendon attaches. Can a lateral tear heal on its own? Yes, it can heal its own without surgery. For non-athletes, treatments can often be anti-inflammatory medication, injections, and physical therapy. He just said take Advil and Tylenol. Yeah, I've been starting to take a lot of turmeric. Not a lot, but like daily turmeric in addition to like vitamins and whatnots. Turmeric, magnesium, and calcium. Any mushrooms? Yeah, I'll take like cordyceps, but more so like the the things I'm mentioning are more for anti-inflammatory and general muscle bone health. I don't know if this is a new thing. Definitely heard of mushrooms for a while, but in the last few years... I feel that there was a explosion in the whole kind of mushroom world. And I'm sure you've heard of it. Lion's mane. Lion's mane. Yep. For a lot of listeners that don't know, if you're trying to improve your focus, your brain function and helping support memory and concentration, apparently lion's mane is supposed to be incredible for that kind of stuff. Yep. Did you buy some? Well, I tried to take it in Vietnam actually, but it was super expensive to get over there or I just couldn't find it, or I didn't take it regularly enough to feel any type of improvement. But yeah, I heard I heard mushroom supplements is, is great. Yeah. So I tried like mud water. Tim Ferriss has been promoting Four Sigmatic for forever. Oh yeah. The mushroom coffee. Yeah. But I mean, when I priced it out, like I can get pretty much the same, if not better quality in my opinion, because you don't know really, like especially for mud water, you don't know what they, where they source it. Mm-hmm. But the big things like lion's mane, cordyceps, turmeric, reishi, and uh, and chaga, like you can, I just buy little bags of them from Whole Foods or wherever. And then I just mix it into like my smoothie or just into my coffee. And the other thing I put in my coffee a lot is coconut oil. It's called Bulletproof Coffee. Oh, yeah. That's the brand that like started it. Tim Ferriss loves that stuff. Yeah. But all it is is just putting uh, MCT oil, which you can just straight up buy organic MCT oil from anywhere from Whole Foods. And you just pop a squeeze of that into your coffee or your tea and you just drink it. Those things are definitely uh, brain improving stuff. But my brain is still kind of fried. I don't know how much effect it has. But I'm pretty sure a lot of these things are, you know, like taking vitamins or whatnot. So if you're not eating a balanced diet like I am not, it's more like a long-term health investment thing. Do you feel any improvement when you when you're taking those supplements? I mean, I take it every day. So I don't, maybe... I mean, I'm generally pretty, feel like I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not talking about physically, but like mental clarity wise. I mean, again, I've been taking it for more than a few years. So I, at this point, I don't even know. I don't have nothing, anything to compare it against. 
It's kind of uh, similar to the debate of whether vitamins actually help you or not. Yeah. I have no doubt that you pee out most of the vitamins that you take. But the key thing I think people don't realize, at least for an average person in today's society, it's, it's like really hard to eat a balanced diet, right? And so the supplementation is just like, well, I don't know what I'm missing and I'm not going to keep track of what I'm missing. So I'm just going to take a handful of vitamins and hope whatever it is I'm missing is there sort of deal, you know? Because a lot of these things too, it's like an accumulation of debt, right? Like vitamin deficiency. It's not, it doesn't happen like overnight. Same with joint health. And that's the one thing I've been just obsessing about ever since starting to play golf is joint health because playing golf is a pretty big strain on my knees and on my lower back. And so like, I just make sure I, at least even if it's just placebo, like I tried to feel like I'm doing something to like quickly heal my body or at least deal with the anti-inflammation that any active sport creates on your body, like the inflammation. This goes back to turmeric. Yeah, maybe taking vitamins is more important about putting your mental energy into a right place. Yeah, maybe. I think part of it is too, is just like a habit. Sticking with it and, and knowing that you're, you're supplementing yourself in ways that you can, even if you can't feel it. Yeah. And then you're just being more, I guess, health conscious, maybe. I mean, it does make me like check how many sugars I'm take, intaking a day. It does make me like look at drinks and be like, all right, that's too much sugar. Not that I'm against sugar, but it's just like, I don't need that much sugar in a day. You should be against sugar. And then the other thing is just like, again, come back to turmeric. I love turmeric. Everyone should go take some turmeric. It's, it's fucking magic. Why do you like that one so much? Because it has like a lot of good properties for, especially anti-inflammation. A lot of the issues that people deal with is inflammation from like joints or just like in general, like general you know, malaise, like if you feel sick, if you have a fever, if, if you have like a cold, it's like a lot of it's like your body gets inflamed because it's just attacking itself or it's like repairing itself when you're sick and whatnot or when you're like injured. It's like rushing. You know how you like have a cut and just like shit just rushes to that spot and like it's swollen, right? And that's inflammation. It's just. <laughs> so how does turmeric help with that? I have no idea. It's just anti-inflammatory. <laughs> I'm not saying all inflammation is bad, but I just think like overall based on our, supposedly from what I read, based on our diets and the stress that we put on our bodies, like inflammation is like a huge culprit supposedly. That in addition to probiotics, your gut is your second brain. These are all the secrets of Sean Lee for staying young and healthy. Sweet. <laughs> but on that note, how's work? In the quarter, hit my quarter for the first time. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's a big milestone. You know what's weird? Even though I hit quota, my day-to-day -day didn't really change. Why would you expect it to change? I had thought that once I hit quota, it would have felt, I would feel less pressure to do my job. Not to say that once I hit quota, I wouldn't do anything at all, but I still felt so much pressure to book meetings, make the phone calls, it might have been a like a personal thing just for me where I don't really celebrate the wins very much. Okay. You just get used to doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Like it kind of goes back to like stop and smell the roses, right? You just keep going and you don't really celebrate the wins or you don't feel successful. Yeah. It was a little shocking. When I hit quota for the first time, I thought there would 
have been some kind of huge relief, mm. like a very big weight off your shoulders. Like, oh, I can just kind of chill out for the rest of the month now. I can chill out for the rest of the whatever. It does not go as hard. But it didn't feel like that. It just felt I had to continue going. Yeah. You know, success is hard to define, right? But I think for a lot of people, success is not just one point. It's a moving target. I think that's a terrible way to describe it. It's, it's a, um, let's say if we take, were to take the quota examples I'm thinking about, it, it's like, Maybe part of it is that you don't feel secure or certain that you're going to hit quota again next quarter. And until you like consistently hit quota every single quarter, then you're just like, I got this. I got this in the bag sort of deal. Yeah. But there's no end. There's no end to that. There is no end. But at a certain point, you will feel more confidence that you you know how to hit it or you like you can hit the quota at least. You know what I'm saying? Versus like right now, there's still that uncertainty. It's like, yeah, sure, you hit it once. I'm sure there's still that uncertainty. It's like, well... What if I don't hit it next quarter? What if it's just a fluke? I, I don't mean to like... <laughs> no, no, no. It's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's the fear is that I can't stop now because next quarter is already here. Yeah. Everything I was doing in March was preparing for next quarter. And then everything I do in April will be for preparation for maybe at the end of the quarter, something will come through. But it's this chase. Yeah. And if you can't overcome that somehow finding ways to celebrate your wins, accepting where you are. I'm not sure if all salespeople go through this, but if their identity is tied to always being able to hit quota or always being able to get a huge deal, and then there's a quarter that it doesn't happen, what happens to your self-identity? And this is something I'm realizing is that I don't want to lean so much and rely on hitting quota as something that I can stand on. I think that's why I just kept going because my identity is tied way more to, if there's one thing that I can control as someone in sales and being a cold caller is I can control the phone call that I make. That's it. Other than that, there's nothing else. I have some control over whether or not I can get a meeting for a director of mine. I have some control on whether or not they will even show up to the meeting. But honestly, I have very little control in those as much as I would like to think that I can. So if I tie my identity to being a good sales associate, to being able to close quota, for me, what happens when in this next quarter, I can't do it again? Right. How am I going to feel? I think that is the fear that was driving me to continue going. So what do you think is a better way to think about it not as a part of your identity. How differently should you think about it if you were to take a stab at that thought? I'm not entirely sure. I do think that it's like hitting that number is extremely important. But I think for me, I should be way more excited for the individual things that I can do that lead up to that quota. Yeah. Right. So like hitting quota, it was great. Think of it like this, any sports fans or, or whatever, you know, we relate to a lot of wins and successes or whatnot as to like sports. But I imagined it as a football team, baseball team, basketball, whichever sport you want to think about, and you drive the entire season to win it all. And if you don't win, second place is only the first loser. That's how it is in, in America anyways, right? There are many sports where it's actually not like that. Like Formula One, they celebrate wins for even getting 10th place, which is incredible. 
I think that's kind of the right mentality. But for us, if we're trying to always hit quota and we're expecting when we hit quota for it to give this immense satisfaction as if you've won a Super Bowl or you won some type of championship, even after that happens, you're starting all over again. What's that quote about like Kobe Bryant, he freaking won the championship and then the next day he was already practicing again for next season? There was no break, right? And so so when I think about that, yeah, he's trying to win, but maybe it's more about the individual games, like a basketball game. What, what is it? Like 63 games in a season. Yeah, you want to win that one, but it's actually all about winning each of the games. And if the only way you can win each of those games is if you put in the reps, put in the practice, and maybe for work, it's not necessarily closing out the, a huge project or, or whatnot because it all starts over again, but it's accepting or being proud or feeling like you're winning every single day, mm. those small kind of increments, it's going to sustain you for the entire season, for the entire quarter, for the entire year or your entire life. So that's what I'm trying to switch to. But at the same time, it's all stressful. Trying to hit quota, quarter two is now starting all over again. So everything is zero. Everyone's restarting. And now there's immense pressure every week to always get to whatever the weekly goals are. So I think my focus is more on I want to do as many activities as I possibly can, get more efficient at it, and have it in a way where I can sustain this kind of steady grind. Yeah. I think what you're getting at, you know, the Kobe story and, and even just the playing each game, focusing on each game or each week really gets to like, it sounds like to me, like the bigger picture, like your objective, you know, maybe for Kobe isn't to like just win championships or win games. It's like his objective is to be excellent, to be like the best at basketball. Yeah. You know, that's his identity is excellence, regardless of what he does. And it just so happens that he wins championships as a result. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. Like the quota shouldn't define you, right? Or your success. It's like, no, you're like, as you kind of said this from the get-go, it's like, I'm in this to gain crucial sales experience. And for you, it's about being excellent in whatever it is that you, you choose to put your time and mind to. So that's very interesting. And I think that's also a struggle though. There's some kind of line, very thin line between feeling okay with where you're at, being enough, feeling that you're doing enough, and the feeling of, I should be doing more. I think that's a constant struggle, the more they think about it. Oh, yeah. That's probably the biggest thing I've been struggling with this past month, because I've just been on the road, not doing much of work, in my opinion. But then when I come back and think about it, I was even struggling to like get back in the saddle. I was like, what, what do I come back and do? You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Everybody has a role in the company. And for the past almost year now that I've been gone, it's like, you know, the company has grown and, and people's responsibilities and roles and skills have grown. And I don't want to come back and like, just be like, all right, I'm going to do this now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the struggle just to share this, because this is very relevant right now. It took me about two weeks to even realize how to approach this. And what I ended up doing and what I'm still in the process of doing is just, at least with Robert and with Archie, our, you know, two of our leads in, in the company, it's just like, all right, what are all the things that you're you're tackling? Like, what are all the things that you're doing? Let's just get a lay of the land for each of you. And then let's see where you can 
focus and best use your time and your skill sets. And then whatever else is inefficient, I'll pick it up or I'll take it over. And so everybody can focus on what they do best or vice versa. See what it is that I could do best or better than them and have me focus on that and take that off their plate. But it took a, a while to even realize this approach, which is kind of ironic. Anyway, that's kind of the, the biggest struggle on my end, other than the perpetual parenting struggles, which we can talk about next week. Yeah. But yeah, I guess what's the biggest takeaway from traveling so much? Travel is good, but especially going across time zones, it probably impacts your, your routine so much. Yeah. I mean, not just my routine, but the kids' routines. That's like probably the biggest challenge. But we're getting better at traveling in the sense that like knowing what to pack, what not to pack, not to overpack. And so that's probably the biggest learning so far is just like, what is a bare minimum that we can go with that'll make it easy for us to actually get through the airport, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and have a system of just efficiency versus feeling like you're just frazzled. But I think the other big thing is just like taking it easy. Don't hold expectations for what the kids should be doing, what we should be doing, when they should be sleeping or waking up. Just go with the flow. Yeah. I actually should take that reminder coming back home. Just go with the flow as the kids adjust back to the home routine. Yeah. And every day is exciting. And we should be so lucky that each day is is here. Yeah. Maybe to put this all back, what I said at the beginning, stop and smell the roses. Yeah. I agree. Oh, one thing I would say, um, because I we always talk about books here and there, but one book I've been reading lately I'm working on right now. It's called uh, How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen. He's the guy that wrote Innovator's Dilemma. It's a good book. Have you read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty short. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. It has a lot of like kid advice. I mean, it goes on tangents a lot, but like really deep on like some topic that they researched or wrote about before another book. I'm just like, wait, what does that have to do with how you measure your life again? But I like it. I'm glad you've read it. When did you read it? Oh, it's been years. It's been maybe... 10, 15 years, or hmm. it's been a long time. I read it after I read Innovator's Dilemma. So if I read it again now, I would probably take it way differently. Yeah. As you were talking about that question for yourself, your identity or how you define success and things like that, it's that's something definitely that I'm still trying to understand from the book. So anyway, we'll be back next week. We're back in the saddle. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you guys next week. Take care.